Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. I woke up on Wednesday morning with this scripture after I heard the news of the recent tragedy. John 14, 27. John 14, 27. It's a well-known passage, but I just want to unpack it a little bit today. And It says, Peace I leave with you. My perfect peace I give to you. This do I give it to you. Do let it be afraid. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. I think that is just such a beautiful, beautiful words of Jesus. He says, I leave my peace with you. In fact, I don't just leave it for you to go and find it. I actually come and I give it to you personally. That's the Jesus we serve. Hey, he's not a distant God who doesn't know what we go through in our journey of life. He says, I leave peace. It's, a, it's there for you, but I actually come and give it to you personally. And that's what I see Jesus walking up to some of us today and personally offering his peace, his love and comfort. And he's doing that for our community. And as we experience that, then our troubled hearts get settled. And grief is a process. We understand it's a journey. But he comes and brings his peace to settle our troubled hearts. And then he talks about perfect peace. Well, only Jesus has perfect peace. Because we say, oh, that was just such a peaceful experience. We listened to some lovely music or in a set over Harvey Bay. Boy, did we miss the sun. I think we saw two in two and four and a half weeks. And Rachel's texting all these beautiful sunsets over the beach. I'm thinking, Rachel! <laughs> we're just like a few sun rays to warm us up from the minus whatever temperatures we were in. And it wasn't even winter yet. It was still autumn. But they had their record coldest days in most of Victoria about three days ago. <laughs> minus 11 or something up in the mountains. Nearly a metre of snow before the snow sieve even starts. I think, God, what country are we in? So perfect peace can be something that's elusive and we can't get it. You know, you think, if I've just got that friendship, relationship going well, I'll be really at peace with myself. But Jesus is the only one who can bring perfect peace. And he's giving, he, he offers it and he comes and gives. And, and look at the beautiful thing. It says, let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance. When we experience his peace, there's a calming that comes over our souls and our minds, and it gives you courage and strength for every challenge. The Passion Version says, I leave the gift of peace with you, my peace. Not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear, be courageous. There's another powerful thought. We can yield to a whole lot of things in our lives. We can choose to yield to the negative, painful things. Or we can choose to yield to the offer of his peace. We can choose to yield to friendship and love that heals our hearts. And it's a choice of what we yield to. To know Jesus is to have the opportunity to experience his peace in any and every situation. Thank God for the gift of Jesus, his hope and love. I don't know 
how we can do life without him. And I just pray for his grace and peace to overflow our hearts. It takes time for us to slow down our minds and emotions to receive his peace. When things are running fast, there's not peace. I've found you've actually got to stop, find a way to slow down enough with the emotions and the mind, and that might be some music, it may be some worship, it may be hanging out with some friends where you can slow down enough to process, and then his peace can start to just settle in. And, and God knows your personality and what ticks for us, but it's a choice to yield to it, to let his peace come. Isaiah 9, 6 prophetically was about Jesus. It says, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Wow, wow. You can't manufacture that. And peace is not the absence of challenges or need or pain on the outside. Peace is a place of trust. It's a place of rest. It's a place of relationship where he settles troubled hearts and minds. And I remember many years ago, I read a story of asked for this art class to paint the most peaceful scene they could find. And so some people did the whole beautiful sunset or sunrise and Ashley Manley's there and he's a painter. He's done lots of peaceful scenes and, and other people did just a beautiful scene of some lovely little puppies and, and all these beautiful scenes of, uh, of peace. But one of the artists had this raging waterfall, storm clouds, and there was on the side of a cliff, and here's a, a mother bird with a little bird in a nest halfway down that cliff, but totally at peace and secure in her world where there were storms raging and everything could destroy them, but they were at peace in the middle of the storm. And I think that's sometimes we want everything to be nice in our circumstances to have peace, but Jesus is the Prince of Peace and he wants to be that peace regardless of what's raging around us and trying to overwhelm us. And it's a, it's a journey, it's a process. So how do we receive and share this beautiful peace? I just jotted a couple of things down on scriptures. Just getting to know Jesus and staying close to him. I found the closer I stay to Jesus and his spirit, the more peace I have in my soul. When I start to try and work it all out, when I want to have all the why questions answered, when I'm trying to make sure everyone else is on the same page and seeing life as I do, that's a recipe for frustration, isn't it? Because opposites attract. And, uh, but I've found that if you choose to stay close to him, there's a place of peace in him. Isaiah 61 verse 1 to 3 says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. What a beautiful promise that is. And many of us have found that true in our lives, where our hearts have been broken over whatever. It might be disappointment, might be grief, might be whatever. But
but to find him come and heal and bind up the brokenhearted. What a beautiful, beautiful experience and promise that is. To proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. <coughs> to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And I saw this morning an aspect of that verse I'd never actually dwelt on before. It says he provides for those who grieve in Zion. Zion is symbolic of the dwelling place of God. Often we grieve alone. We grieve trying to work it all out. We grieve with our own understanding or disappointments. But it says he'll bring comfort for those who grieve in Zion. So when we choose to center and be in his presence, in our souls, in our church, in our families. When we choose to place ourselves in that place, that's when he promises healing and comfort. The enemy would get us to try and sort it out ourselves. Oh, we, people that won't understand my feelings, so we, he tries to isolate us. Or we react to one another in that hard time, but it says... Those who grieve in Zion, I'll provide a place of healing. That's the beauty of belonging to the body of Christ. And I just feel God's brokenhearted for our community today. And we feel that. But he doesn't leave us in a place of being overwhelmed. He then gives us the ways to bring hope, to bring love into our community. We feel his broken heart and receive his healing and peace to share with others. Secondly, if you want to walk in his peace, one of the other ways I've found, it's Philippians 4, 6 and 7. It says, don't be anxious about anything. I used to read that and think, God, that's impossible. Well, without Jesus, we, we will always have some anxieties and fears because we're human. But in every situation, he then gives us a way. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When the Apostle Paul was writing this to the Philippian church, he was most likely chained to a guard on either side in prison, because this was one of his prison letters. So he's, he's locked in a dungeon, probably chained to a guard on either side, and he's writing about Jesus being peace to you when he's in prison for preaching the gospel. He's probably got this picture of these guards there protecting him from escaping. But he said, hey, the peace of Jesus will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Wow, what a beautiful picture that is. That that's what um, Jesus offers prayer and thanksgiving. I just find prayer and worship opens our heart to the fullness of God and opens the way for you to receive His. And sometimes 
when you're not at peace, it's the last thing you want to do is to pray or worship, but I've found that's often the key to the door to help us come. Thirdly, if you want to live and receive his peace, it's to rest in him. John 16, 33. I didn't like this verse when I was younger because I was so positive and everything. God's going to work out. But this, listen to what Jesus said. And everything I've taught you is so that your the peace which is in you will be, which is in me will be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows. I didn't want to hear that because I thought life with Jesus should be exciting fun. But you must be courageous for I have conquered the world. So Jesus said in this world, there's going to be sorrows. There'll be disappointments. There'll be hard days. But be of good cheer because I overcome the world. So it doesn't, didn't control Jesus. Therefore, it doesn't have to control our place of internal peace and our trust and hope. And, and it says there that to rest in him. So you'll be, what I, he says, what is in me will be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest and trust in him. And that's once again a choice that God helps us in this journey. And I was thinking about Jesus in the boat. Remember the season of fishermen? They were rough and ready guys. And they're on, in the boat. Jesus had been preaching all day. He falls asleep in the boat. In the middle of the night, the storm comes up and they think they're going to drown. And they're bailing out water and rowing hard and, and probably having a fight over, whose idea was this to come out here? Someone said, well, I think Jesus told us to. Where is Jesus? He's sleeping. John 4.35, on the same day when evening came, he said, let's cross over the other side. When they left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. Note that. And a great boat so that was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. They awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? They didn't sort of ask, how are you going to get out of this? Then he arose, rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Wow. If you've got Jesus in the boat, it's going to be okay. Make sure he's in the boat. You might think, well, he's not really active because he's sleeping. They got his attention. What did he do? Our community. We need to let Jesus arise. Not darkness and fear and confusion and lies rule our community or violence or destruction. We need to let Jesus arise. We need to let him arise in our community, in our families, because he's the only one that can turn things around. And he arose. He said, peace, be still. And I believe today that Jesus is arising in some of your lives today, in the boat of your life, and he's speaking peace over your troubled hearts. <clears throat> He's speaking healing over your lives. He's going to show you a pathway forward of hope. And the other thought is that 
it says there were other boats with him. It wasn't just their boat, there were other boats went with them. So guess what? They would have been in the storm too. All trying to survive. The problem was Jesus wasn't in their boat, so they were probably even more scared. But when Jesus arose in the disciples' boat and said, Peace be still, the calm came and all the other people got the benefit. That's a powerful thought, isn't it? So when Jesus is in our hearts, in our lives, in our families, as we let him rule and rise and bring peace, guess what? Everyone else around has an opportunity to experience his love and hope and peace. And that's an opportunity that God's given us at this time in the coming days and weeks to let his hope and peace and love touch our community. People in their own boats trying to paddle through the storm of confusion and pain and fear. But when Jesus arises in our hearts, it brings hope for everyone else. What a beautiful, beautiful thought. So whatever your role in the community as a counsellor or a doctor or a nurse or a, a carer, a business person, a student, whatever our role, wherever we go this week, we can carry the hope and peace of Jesus and be ready to speak it or to demonstrate it because that's what will happen. A couple more when we'll get ready to share communion. Romans 15.13 says, Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit surround your superabundance until you radiate with hope. Just leave that verse up for a while. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It talks about hope, love, peace, the Holy Spirit's work. When you're overwhelmed, I've learned, Holy Spirit, I need you more. I need more awareness of you. And I find that when the, when the things get overwhelming, that's when the Holy Spirit's just whispering to us. He's just waiting for you to open the scriptures because he's got a promise for you. He's just waiting for you to, to take a moment and say, Lord, what do I say here? Lord, how do I process these feelings? I just found the Holy Spirit, it says he's our comforter, he's our guide, he's our counsellor, he's our strengthener, he's our advocate, he's all these amazing things. He's our helper, he's our teacher. I look back and I think, how crazy was I when I just didn't even ask the Holy Spirit for even one of those areas and I tried to sort it all out and we wonder why we get worn out. He's just waiting. Say, come on, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to show you why. And it says that it will. And the last thought I had was, Mary Lynn shared this before. Colossians 3.15, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body, you are called to peace and be thankful. Because we belong to the body, we are called to peace, not strife, not confusion, but we're called to live a life 
of peace as much as possible. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. Once again, it's a yielding, it's a choice. And be thankful. That's a really good word, eh? When you're overwhelmed, we, we lash out. We, we get negative and fearful. Do we always love perfectly in our church? Nope. Do we accept and support each other fully? Do we meet each other's needs? We do all we but the answer is sometimes we fall short because we're human. But with God's grace, we don't give up. We keep on growing, flowing, maturing, learning. We say, God, we're not going to give up because we missed it with someone or we didn't quite understand that person's heart. But Lord, we're going to continue to grow and learn and love how to be supportive, how to be listening. God's given us two ears and one mouth. I think for good reason. We've got to learn to listen more than we speak. It's been a lifelong learning curve for me because I've been a real speaker. And every now and then I think, the Lord just challenged me and says, just, just be quiet and if I don't hear from the Holy Spirit, Mary Lynn will give me a kick under the table say, just listen. Because she loves me. Not just to words, but listen to hearts. Listen to the cry of people wanting answers. Listen for the weights that have overwhelmed people for months or years or decades. And in a season like this, it can crush us or it can open the door of our hearts for God to bring greater healing and release. I feel that today. I feel His love. Love one another as Christ has loved what's the most loving thing I can do each day this week I ask you just ask that question what's the most loving thing I can do with my family and friends what's the most loving thing I can do with that awkward question from the person at work saying well why does this sort of stuff happen isn't there a God supposed to stop this sort of stuff and those comments come we don't have all the answers. And love the body of Christ. Not just this local church, but church at large. We've got lots of pastors and leaders text us and ring us and say, hey, we're praying for you guys from all over this nation. The body of Christ, we love one another. So when we don't do it right, ask for forgiveness and say, Lord, help me to do it better next time. To distribute communion, I want to read. Come as well, we're going to. But I'll just read these verses as where the emblems are being distributed. 
And maybe you're here today and you don't know this amazing Jesus like we've been sharing. There's an opportunity for you to open your heart and connect. And when you receive the evidence, hold on to them. We'll partake together in a moment. But I just want, this could be a special time where individually and as a church family, we can just receive his love and healing. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4 says, Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honour. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offence. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, never gives up. Love never stops. That one line touched my heart. Love is a sense of shelter for it never stops believing the best for others. Bayside Church is a safe place and we want it to be a safe place for everyone. I trust your hearts and your expression of your Christianity is a safe place for people who are not yet Christians to experience the true Jesus. Not religion, but love and life and truth. And I pray that we grow in this love. Do we always get it right? No, we don't. But that's our goal and that's what Jesus leads us towards. And what a privilege to know this beautiful Jesus. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Baysidechristianchurch.com.